You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey everyone, welcome to MLB.com Extras. I'm Alexa Dat, and today we are talking Braves baseball. We bring in our Braves reporter for MLB.com, Mark Bowman. Mark, a lot of Braves fans asking on Twitter, what are the chances that either Matt Kemp or Nick Markakis are traded and are not on this team next year? Well, I, I think we're, we'll definitely see them part ways with one of these two guys, and maybe both of them. I mean, obviously everyone has known, you know, let's go back as far as July or August. We knew this was coming because... You know, Ronald Acuna was was just fast tracking his way through the minors, and you know, probably in January when MLB Pipeline puts out its new rankings, he will likely be the top overall prospect. Is you know, time will tell whether the Braves are willing to put him on the opening day roster and you know begin his service clock. Uh, but we know he'll be in Atlanta early in the season. He'll be in that lineup, so they do want to get uh, part ways with one of these two veteran uh, corner outfielders. I think. You know, you break it down. It, it, does Nick Markakis still have some some value as he enters the final year of his contract? He's going to cost $11 million next year. He, he's not the player he maybe once was, but at the same time, he's, he is the, the respected figure, uh, it, you know, that he has always been. He's going to, there are a lot of clubs that would love to have him in their clubhouse. Uh, he still gets on base, you know, uh, at a respectable clip. You know, he. I do think that they will find some value in him. At the same time, you know, given a preference, I think they much rather deal Matt Kemp. Uh, but at the same, with with Kemp being owed, you know, basically thirty six million dollars over the next two years, it's not easy to deal. You know, a guy like that who has dealt with so many injuries over, you know, throughout his career and, and coming off of a season where his hamstring was a uh, a lingering concern. So. You know, you, you look ahead and you say, okay, is there, will they ever reach a point where they're willing to, to maybe even um, eat all of Matt Kemp's contract before you get there? You go and you, you try to find a team. I mean, I think the, the best fit might be an American League team uh, where it could DH. Um, and you, you go into it knowing that you're probably going to have to eat a significant port of that portion of that contract. But at the same time, I think you have to take a step back and, and say, look, this is what's best for the team now. And, and and when you made the deal and you got Kemp, it was just it was a swap of bad contracts. So, um, you know, they were that was that was the Hector Oliveira trade. Um, the Padres agreed to to take on all of Oliveira's salary at this, you know, while they were saving money uh, by sending Kemp to Atlanta. You take on you, know, you complete one of those kind of trades. You you may reach a point where you have to do this. Uh, obviously, this is a different regime here within the front office with Alex Anthopoulos. Um, I think that, you know, at the end of the day, the preference is to deal Matt Kemp. Um, will they ever reach a point to where they're willing to eat all of his contract? I, I don't know. But at the same time, uh, I think that they'll at least explore Nick Markakis's market uh, to see if there's a fit there because, you know, when Matt Kemp was healthy last year, he was quite productive. You just don't know what kind of player you're going to get because you – you don't want to go through what you did again this this past year. You don't want to go through that again next year where Kim came to camp in great shape this year. But as the summer went on, the injuries lingered. 
you know, uh, his conditioning, uh, you know, he, he, he just wasn't in the same shape at the end of the year, you know, to, to put it bluntly. You mentioned the Braves' new GM, Alex Anthopoulos. What is his, you know, first priority next week as we've got winter meetings coming around in the corner? A lot of wheeling and dealing. Will he be sitting back and observing? What's the main thing that Braves fans should expect? I think that, um, you know, he has been very patient and thorough with his, you know, evaluation of this organization. Um, you know, he, he didn't get the job until November 13th. Um, you know, so he's still a month into to learning, you know, not only the organization, but putting his staff together. I don't expect a lot of activity next week. You know, I think that you know, this could be, end up being a very active winter, but, you know, what happens over the remainder of the winter may be influenced through uh, conversations had during next week's meetings, but I don't think they're at that stage where they they want to pull that the trigger on a big deal. And I think the, the big deal that's sitting out there um, is the question is, will they go get a top flight starting pitcher um, at some point? This uh, you know, there's also a chance that they would pursue a, a third baseman. But the thing is, if this team wants to win next year, they do have to add some experience to that rotation. And, and you could argue that. Even looking ahead to 2019, when it's more likely that they could win, I think you have to start looking at ways to, to add some experience to what is a, a very young rotation right now. And the, the most experienced starter is Julio Tehran, and I think you could argue there's reason to trade him now, while he maybe still has some value because his value has, you know, I think it's not like a free fall, but uh, I'd say his value is steadily diminished over the last few years. Hmm. Very interesting. Uh, you also wrote the moves that the new GM have made may give us an idea of how the team's bullpen will work next season. How so? Well, you know, there, there is a lot of depth there. There's some some young depth. You look at Orotis Vizcaino and, and A.J. Mentor. Uh, A.J. Mentor didn't even make his major league debut until August, but he finished the season striking out 17 of the final 31 batters he faced. We, we, we know what kind of potential he has. He, he has the potential to be a closer in the future. Uh, this guy, you know, has handled that role. Uh, but both of them are, you know, relatively young. Jose Ramirez has been up to the task um, last year. That he, he fatigued down the stretch. I think you've got three solid arms right there. Um, I think what you need to do is add some some experience to, to those guys. Then Daniel Winkler, who has shown some, some promising signs, um, You've got Sam Freeman. Like I said, there, there's depth there. They, they have some arms that, you know, if you want to form a bullpen with what you have um, right now, that's fine. They, they, you know, Alex has gone out and, and added a few relievers, including Chase Whitley, who, um, you know, he's the type of guy that's going to be able to, to pitch multiple innings. You look at the young rotation, and, and you're, you're saying, hey, look, we're going to need some guys to, to pitch multiple innings. Um, out of the bullpen, uh, a guy like Whitley can do that. And, you know, moving forward, they're going to be using an eight-man bullpen. They're going to have enough pieces not only at the big league level, but at the, um, you know, their triple A that they can, you know, shuttle guys back and forth. So I, I think that, you know, we've seen some them add some depth. It'll be interesting to see whether they're willing to, to go add some quality to solidify the you know the eighth and ninth innings yeah that will be uh cool to be able to follow up on uh, over the next week uh, and months here before the season starts 
As we uh, do head into winter meetings, Mark, we want to ask you the most memorable winter meetings in Braves history. What do you got for us? Oh, boy. I, you know, I think that, you know, that this came before my time. I know some people joke and say, was there a time before, you know, you know, <laughs> before I was covering this team, but long before <laughs> I was covering this team, you know, you can look back at the winter meetings where they almost completed the deal for uh, Barry Bonds or you know, tried to, tried to, to strike a deal with Barry Bonds and went ahead and signed Greg Maddox. I think that one probably stands out as the most influential. The one for me that stands out is was one of my was actually my first winter meetings um, back. You know, it was my, sorry, it was my second one, but uh, we were in in New Orleans there in 2003, and uh, on a Friday night, uh, you saw John Sherold and Walt Chalkety talking together in the bar, and it was we at the Marriott in New Orleans and you know didn't necessarily think anything of it it was late at night and they're talking and well the, the next day Saturday afternoon comes and all of a sudden the, it's announced that the Braves have uh, acquired J.D. Drew in exchange for Adam Wainwright and um, Jason Marquis was also part of that deal just a big deal that it really you know it, it surprised everybody because here's Adam Wainwright with our top pitching prospect uh, the Braves had just lost Gary Sheffield. Um, J.D. Drew came in, and you know, in hindsight, look, everyone will say, hey, look, the, the Cardinals won that deal because they got so many years of Wainwright. And that's fine. I, I understand it. that. That's true. But, it, you know, the one thing you can't overlook is J.D. Drew had one of the top, you know, arguably certainly one of the top ten seasons uh, in Atlanta history. Uh, they they probably wouldn't have won that 13th consecutive division title without JD. It was an MVP type season. Um, it wasn't just an absolutely horrible deal uh, in terms of immediate value. Now, from a long term standpoint, uh, you look at what Wayne Wright's done and what he's meant to that organization, to the Cardinals organization. Um, you know, it, it's there's no doubt that the Cardinals won the deal. But at the same time, I think that the significance of that deal. And Sherholtz, he was so good at keeping all of his guys in the loop about everything. But this was one deal where he knew that his his guys, you know, some of the scouts and the farm guys that, that were so close to Wayne Wright and knew his potential, he didn't necessarily fill them in on what he was going to do until the last minute because he knew what their reaction would be. Um, he was ready to make a, a move uh, that would have an immediate impact. There, were, there was some hope at that time that J.D. Drew would resign. Uh, but at the same time, he knew all of those guys were saying, we can't get rid of Wainwright. And, uh, you know, here we are uh, 15 years later, and, uh, you know, those guys were probably right. But the, the following year, they're in Anaheim. We were in Anaheim, and there's talk about trading Dan Meyer for, for Tim Hudson. Now, let's not put Dan Meyer and Adam Wainwright in the same prospect category, but at that point in time, Dan Meyer was the top pitching prospect in the Braves system. These same scouts were saying, don't get rid, of Dan, get rid of Dan Meyer. And here you have Tim Hudson, who, you know, arguably one of the top four or five pitchers in Atlanta history. So uh, there's there's always going to be people that don't want to get rid of prospects. I get it. At the same time, sometimes it's, it's, it's well worth the gamble. 
I'm telling you, Mark, stories like that get me pumped for the winter meetings because you never know what you're going to be seeing. You never know what you're looking at when you see see two guys catching up or talking, whether they're actually brokering a deal or they're just talking about, you know, what pizza they like the best. So I love stories like that. And uh, hopefully we've got a lot more coming this next week and uh, over the off season. But really appreciate you joining us uh, and uh, have fun. You're heading down to winter meetings. Yep. Yep. We'll be heading down there Sunday. So look forward to it. It's always a a great time, and uh, you know, obviously, this this hot stove season's been relatively quiet, which means uh, I, I think there will be plenty of uh, activity, at least in the rumor mill, uh, during this year's winter meetings. It's going to be fun. Yeah, absolutely. All right, enjoy it, Mark. Thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate it. All right, thank you. Take care.